That's right. It is Capsule FM, your best mix of music. Good morning. How are you doing? Let me know on 0701984984 and the Fuse984. Look, people always say the best way to somebody's heart is through a joke. I mean, look, who does not love a funny gal or a funny guy? So this is why I'm joined in studio with one of my favorite people in the world, David Masharia. Hello, David. Hey, Ed. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. How are you doing? I'm Fantastic, thank you for having me. Okay, so let's get right into it. You do have a show coming up real soon, and I want to make sure everyone gets the tickets and the details. It's called Bubblegum. It's called Bubblegum, yes. What is Bubblegum all about? Bubblegum, I love the name Bubblegum. I kind of stole it from one of my favorite artists' albums that I really like. But um, I think Bubblegum, it's kind of like a joke, you know, like you keep it in your mouth. When it gets old, you spit it out. You know, some places it's inappropriate to chew gum. You could like do inappropriate stuff with gum like you know like if you're at a funeral blowing bubbles with gum that's not the coolest thing you could be doing like same thing with jokes you know so i think it's like it's a fun it's a fun way to advertise a comedy show Mm -hmm. and it's happening on february 16th at unseen Uh, how much are tickets and how can people find them tickets are 1200 shillings they're available on hustlesasa.shop.bubblegum um it's me and amandeep Unseen Theater, I'm on deep. We're going to be co-headlining, so we'll each do like 30 to 40 minutes of stand-up, but there's going to be like some surprise acts before us, um, some very funny comedians coming through as well. Um, I'm on deep. I don't know if you guys know Amon deep. You might know him from Churchill. He's the guy that looks like an Indian Teletubby. That's the guy that I'll be doing the show with. <laughs> I've seen him actually about a month ago, and he is absolutely hilarious. He's hilarious, yeah. um, But I do want to get to know you a little bit more. Do you do comedy full-time, and if so, how is that sustainable? I don't do comedy full-time. You kind of have to... I mean, not every comedian, but like, you know, when you're starting out, I've only been doing comedy, it's going to be six years this year in November, but during the day I do voiceover stuff. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen those like, those Indian soap operas that are like dubbed in English. Yeah. So I do the English dubbing. You're the dub man. I'm like, I don't know if you guys know Kum Kum Bagia. I'm the voice of Rishab Luthra. Oh my God. <laughs> expect any of that yes you gotta <laughs> <laughs> what yes but you don't so you, you speak the language or they give you the script no, in yes. english the script has like a time code and then you know like you're, you're working with a producer so he'll like put the time code like to where your character is speaking okay. and then there'll, there'll be the translation on the script so you oh. just say what's on the script sometimes you know you add a few words or remove a few words to like make make it look like it's the person talking like to make the words fit their mouth Right. Yeah. Because I was like, I've never heard of a Masharia that speaks like Gujarati or no, Hindi, I'm, but... Maybe in Gara there's a few. <laughs> there you go. You never yeah. know. Um, I also do want to know from you, what got you into actually doing comedy as well? How did you gravitate towards that? Um, I think I... Man, there's like two answers I think I can give. Like, I think I've always like been kind of just like funny. Like, I've been funny like in school and stuff. And I'd be, I'd be saying stuff that would make the teachers laugh. I would be like a distraction in the classroom sometimes. But the trick is, if you can make the teacher laugh, then you're not going to really get in trouble. Because, like, you know, like, having like to learn how to, like, be funny in a smart way, uh, that's not going to get you, like, oh, this guy is too much for the classroom. So that's been going on since I was in school. But how I started performing comedy, like, live in Nairobi, I think I was just, like, I was bored. I didn't have a lot going on. This page called Nairobi Comedy Club followed me on Instagram, and I started checking out their shows. And I went to one show where... The comedian was like, if you guys ever thought about doing comedy, like, come talk to this guy. We'll get you some stage time. And I talked to him, and I just didn't stop doing comedy after that. 
Okay, that's fantastic. Now, for me, as when I say I'm a radio presenter or I work in entertainment, they always like, entertain, go. Or they'll be like, you're a radio presenter, say something radio. I don't know what that means, by the way. Happy World Radio Day. I want to know from you as a comedian, when people say, oh, I'm, I'm a comedian, say a joke. What, what do you respond to that? How do you respond to someone saying that? I'll say tickets are available on hustlesasa.shop.bubblegum, uh, and I will be telling a lot of jokes. That's exactly right. It's going to be happening on the 16th of February at The Unseen. It's a bubblegum comedy show and just a bit we're going to be talking all about stand-up collective and what's that all about because it's not just in Nairobi it's in Mombasa it's in Nakuru and you can also be saying a joke up on stage but for now let's get back into the music coming up next we do have some after party and even some Willow Smith I was just talking about how Willow Smith is one of the most underrated rock artists of our generation. My gosh, two albums you need to check out of hers is Lately I Feel That Would Actually, Lately I Feel Everything uh, that released in 2021 and The Anxiety in 2020. We sampled it on the show, it's one of our few favorites as well, but it's just amazing to see a young lady born all the way in 2000, my gosh, baby, uh, making amazing rock music about mental health, mental wellness, uh, but also just teen angst and uh, adolescent angst. So make sure you check that out. It is a Fuse 984 myself and Maura. Good morning. How are you doing? Let me know. 0701984984. I'm hanging out with David who is having a comedy show coming up at Unseen on February 16th. It is called Bubblegum. Uh, you can check out that out on hustlesasa.com. Just go to the event section, pick your ticket. How much is it again? 1200 1200 There you go. 1200 shillings and you get to laugh. This is a great Valentine's Day gift for you and your boo. Uh, speaking of a uh, great gift as well. The gift of laughter is always a good thing but you are an entertainer. I want to know have you ever had a moment or a bad show uh, where it just kind of just started going all left? And yes. what do you do? How do you get yourself out of it? I've had a lot of bad shows. One of my favorite techniques to get myself out of a bad show is to go home. Okay. I, I mean... Like halfway through the show, you just I drop the mic <laughs> and leave? Or what's happening? No, as soon as I get out... If it's an open mic, halfway, I guess I used to do this more when I was younger in comedy. But these days, like I'm more comfortable hanging around like after, after a bomb. But I remember there's this one night I was at... K1 there used to be a uh, open mic on Wednesdays and I started doing some jokes and the thing is like with open mics you never know who you're gonna go see it could be a musician or a poet a comedian so I got on stage and I started doing some jokes that's making someone in the audience upset and I can hear her talking and talking and I try to address it and towards the end of my set I'm doing like material about like how I want to own a motorcycle and people tell me it's not a good idea because you know you'll die and I'm like, well, you'll die anyway, but if you own a motorcycle, if you die in a motorcycle accident, you'll be pretty and then ugly. Oh but there's ways to die where you could be ugly first. Okay. And then I asked the lady in the audience, I was like, well, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to be pretty and then die or ugly and then die? She said ugly and then die. And I was like, I could tell. And <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am, if, if you're listening right now, I... Hey, maybe you just don't reply next time, okay? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then she gave me the middle finger, and then I said, "Thank you, I'm David Mashari. That's been my time." <laughs> oh my god! I went home. And in just a bit, you're going to be giving us other ways you can call someone ugly with uh, with a joke. You know, it's it's often the blow. But oh, yeah. how do you handle rowdy um, guest audience members? Because a lot of comedians these days are saying that making a joke is so hard in this environment. Everyone's tense, but at the same time, they want to laugh. It's a really hard place to be. Um, how do you handle a rowdy audience, though? I mean, I don't know if I would agree that making a joke is really hard. I, I would say, like, anything could be hard if you're not good at it. Um, or just, like, some things that are hard will just be hard because they're hard things, but they're worth doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's, like, something to complain about, especially if I'm charging 
1200 shillings for tickets i should i don't think people should be hearing me complain about how hard what i'm doing is it's right. like you trusted me with your money i uh, let me do my job um but i think that's a different thing than having a rowdy audience because a rowdy audience you know it could depend like maybe they're just too excited maybe they're not used to you know being told to shut up and listen to someone else talk for an hour um maybe the type of comedy they enjoy you know maybe they came up watching like deaf comedy jam where like they know people like yell stuff at comedians and like people get up and like are just rowdy it's a cultural thing but there's ways to handle it you know you could like adjust your energy you could like figure out what these people like um or you could just like not do that and just like bomb and mm -hmm. complain about audiences and not get better at stand-up mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways you know to deal with challenging situations right and just know. by the way we're going to be also talking about the stand-up collective because i love when people come together to make sure that they are elevating their craft but before all of that let's get back more into the darker side of things stealing of jokes mm. does it happen is it does it happen often have you seen it has that happened to you basically call people out who are stealing jokes <laughs> <laughs> okay so steve where, are you listening steve no <laughs> don't i mean joke i mean yeah Joke stealing, that's just like, you know, poor morals exist everywhere. You'll find you know, in any group of people, there will be some people who are more willing to do shady things. Right. Um, we do have some people, you know, who've come to our shows, like open mics and stuff, and I'm hearing a joke, and I'm like, okay, I know that. That's an Anthony Jeselnik joke, or that's a this person joke. Um, and then, you know, you kind of just like call them out. Some people are like, okay, my bad. This is my first time doing comedy. Some people have a weird attitude towards it. They're like, yeah, no, dude, I kind of, you know, remixed the joke, made it my own. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? But those are the people that end up, like, getting banned from open mics. Um, if, like, you know, we cat, we hear you do jokes that we know, um, we talk to you about it, and you don't do anything about it, like, you just don't perform anymore. Right. Yeah. And it's not me doing the banning. I don't. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's the audacity to do such. But hey, if you want original jokes, make sure you are checking out Bubblegum Show that's happening on February 16th uh, at the Unseen Cinema. It's going to be fantastic. 1,200 shillings uh, to laugh and enjoy. I think this is a great gift for you know your loved ones, especially during Valentine's Day season. If you do have any questions, you're an aspiring um, artist, you're an aspiring jokester, you're an aspiring comedian as well. You can send us on the Fuse984. You can tag me. It's Anne Moore. Tag David as well. And we're going to get back into it in just a bit. Who doesn't love a comedy night? I'm going to be honest with you, David. I was quite fearful of comedy nights. Oh, yeah. um, up until I was at the Stand Up Collective, I think it's, what's that, what was that night with uh, the Ugandan-American comedian? Arthur uh, Simeon, yeah. Yes, yeah. hilarious. The only reason is because like when I was living in the States, I did attend a couple comedy nights and woo, the jokes weren't joking. You know what I mean? Like it either got political or it got like gender and it just, it wasn't working. But then that night really restored my faith again. Okay. And then I met a bunch of young comedians and they all kept talking about how amazing you are when it comes to bringing comedians together as well. So I was like, David's my guy. Oh. This is it. So tell me a little bit about the Stand Up Collective and what it's all about. Man, I didn't know these guys were saying these things about mm. me. That's so nice. Um, Stand Up Collective, uh, Doug Mutai, he started Stand Up Collective a few years ago. Um, it used to be um, a weekly open mic at the Blues, which was in town, uh, and then a monthly paid show on Saturdays at the Blues. And I guess it was just like to help comics get better, just like, you know, the more you hang around comedy, the more comedy you take in, the better you get at it. And I think that it was like a good community and like a good opportunity for people to just like be around comedy. And it's grown because 
now it's no longer at the Blues. Blues moved. But Doug and uh, this guy, Johannes, had have a partnership at this restaurant called Chemi Chemi. And it's kind of like a make-do comedy club. So Fridays, there's open mics. So you'll find like upwards of like 20 comics doing like short sets, working on material, like testing out new jokes. And then Saturdays, it's like a showcase. So you're paying for tickets. It's uh, fewer comics doing longer sets, but it's like it's quality stuff, like worth paying for. And we're trying to like have more weeknights and weekend nights where there's comedy going on. I think, I think on the 14th actually tomorrow there's a comedy thing happening at Chemi Chemi. So like we're trying to expand. We're actually trying to call it Nairobi Laugh Bar. Mm-hmm. So like if you go to Google Maps, you'll find there's a place you can go to that's dedicated to comedy. Um, and that's like that's all Doug Mutai, like you know, with the support of other comics, like you know, writing and performing and just like making comedy possible in different ways. Yeah. Right. Like last week I know they had um, Amito. She's hilarious. She had yeah. a pretty good um, set as well. My friends have said it was amazing. I want to know about women in the industry as well. Do you see a lot more women coming up? Um, what, what's the scene like in East Africa when it comes to female comedians? I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of funny. We're not. I, I wouldn't say a lot of, but the women comedians that we do have are very funny. So obviously, like you know, Mamito. She's a lot of people know Mamito. She was doing a crowd work show, so it was just it was no material. She was like on stage for over an hour, just like talking to people in the audience. What do you do? How long have you guys been dating? And then just like making, just like ordinary stuff funny. Um, and then I guess you know a lot of people like will see Mamito. A lot of women will see Mamito and think, oh, it's possible for women to do this too. And you know, we have funny comics like uh, Ruth Nyambura, Justine Wanda. Shiko Waidaka, that, you know, kind of came after Mamito. I think there's there's definitely more guys that get into comedy. I think it's it just seems more appealing to guys, like even like the lifestyle and like, I don't know, this is something I've heard the women comedians complain about, mm-hmm. is that like, you know, if you're a funny woman, that doesn't really do much for you, like, off stage. Right. Like in terms of like dating or like people finding you attractive, being funny is not what people like want to work on for that. But like I've heard like, uh, like I don't know if you know Shaz. She's mm-hmm. also a very funny comic. She'll be like, yeah, dude, like, you know, if, you, if you're a guy and you get on stage, the, you can see like how that translates off stage, like the effects or the positive. So I think there's like also, you know, just like it's, it's, it's a lifestyle that's more appealing to guys. But there, there is, you know a lot of uh, women voices that should be heard like through comedy Mm -hmm. so I don't know there's like a barrier that I think if we can figure that out we could definitely hear more women voices right now there's two things I actually want to address real quick so first lifestyle I want you to walk us through what is the lifestyle Um, because I never thought about it I just assumed it's kind of like entertainment like in radio Mm -hmm. you're living a rock star lifestyle sometimes and the other half of the times you're hustling and then number two I did want to know about um, creating a set I I come prepared for a show but we prepare the night before I just don't come and say things off the cuff because anything can happen Um, as a comedian do you have to pre-plan your sets but you said with me to just went off the cuff which one would you suggest to do maybe for an up and coming um, up and coming comedian yeah so you definitely have to prepare um getting to a spot where you can do an hour plus of just crowd work where nothing is prepared it's a learned skill and the only way you learn it is by you know years of having prepared material and then you know like you'll see some very new comics they'll try and like do crowd work and it's just like it's kind of cringe because like you don't really know 
what type of questions to ask or like where to find the humor in these things you're asking from people. Um, but like, yeah, you know, you start out by it's in the beginning. It's like, it's more like, this is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And then you kind of like get more comfortable on stage that even if you did have something planned and a thought pops into your head, you're like more comfortable and like more equipped to go down a train of thought that you weren't prepared to go down. Or like you can find humor that you hadn't planned on finding. Um, and then like just the more you do that, the more stage time you, you get, the better you, you know, good comedy is like, it'll be a mix of both. It's like, you know, you need to trust that there, uh, this person has planned something worth hearing, but there's also, it should be spontaneous so that each, each experience or each audience is getting a unique experience. That, like we're talking about stuff that nobody could have prepared. Like if there's like a woman in the audience wearing like a, like a green snakeskin suit, you're addressing that that's not something that could have been planned but it's fun because like we can we can all see it right. and it all makes sense to us yeah right all right in just a bit we're going to be getting into your questions don't forget you can check out Stand Up Collective Stand Up Collective is a comedy club in Nairobi Mombasa Nakuru Nyanyuki and even has a show on Showmax we'll be getting into that in just a bit but for now keep sending in your questions on the Fuse 984 uh, or 0701 Paramore with Sanity right here on the Fuse 984. We've been having a conversation about some things that kind of drive us a little bit insane. Um, but the way you can keep sending in your questions on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Don't forget to tag me. It's Anmara so I can see them a whole lot faster. Um, I wanted to talk to you about saying no, especially in this industry, because we're part of the same industry, entertainment. And there's always a cousin somewhere who has a mixtape or has a voice for, you know, something or maybe has a joke they want to say. So what happens, let's say, if your family came to you and they're like, this is your small cousin, you're he's always so funny he's making jokes can you put him on your lineup <laughs> would, would you do it and how, how do you how do you say no maybe if young Jogona is not so funny yeah I think for me like I'm lucky that I can say no but um, you know say like this won't work in this context for example if you're trying to get someone to just like come to like a real show where people like buying tickets I can say no to that but then also be like there's open mics you can go to if what you really want is stage time there's a way to do that that is you're not skipping steps so yeah like I, I guess having like being lucky to say no but also like give alternatives but I guess sometimes you're not always that lucky sometimes you just gotta say like nah Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. I love that you're mentioning that practice does make perfect and make you into a better comedian as well. So let's get back into the stand-up collective. Um, and it's not just in Nairobi. So like I did say, it's in Nakuru, Naivasha, and Mombasa as yeah. well. Uh, but also on Showmax. Please let me know about like a bit about the Showmax oh, show. Yeah, dude. We were very lucky to work with uh, Eugene Bogo, who produced two shows on Showmax. One is called Roast House. The first show we did is called Roast House, and we were just like roasting celebrities. What happened, I think... I don't want to take all the credit for this, but I think what happened is uh, BN came to Two Grapes one night where we were doing open mics on Wednesdays, and he was in the he was in the audience, and I made fun of him for like a minute or so, and then I posted the video online, and BN was there with Eugene. I posted the video online. A lot of people saw the video, and you know, just watching someone make fun of like someone we all know and we like their stuff and we respect this guy. Um, it's it's not only funny, but it's like something that people would care about. Cause you could like be funny about stuff that like no one, like you could be doing jokes about an orange and people are like, okay, it's funny, but who cares? So I think that, like seeing that happen, like in real time and being like, oh, there's like, people would be interested in seeing people that we all like we know and we celebrate a lot, get made fun of by comics that we don't know. 
that turned into Roast House. We started filming at number seven, which is Eugene Bogo's bar in town. Uh, so we roasted like Sanaipei Tande, uh, Juakali, Nameless, uh, which Nameless for me, that was like huge to get to roast Nameless. I've been a Nameless fan since I was, like the, like my first favorite song ever was by Nameless. So we got to roast him. I think there's like 10 or there's like 10 episodes of that. So it's just like, it's me and a bunch of other comics just making fun of Kenyan celebrities. And the second show is Comedy Riot, which they're like mini specials. I think there's maybe 10 or 12 episodes. And each episode has a host, uh, a feature, and a headliner. Uh, so the series has like Darren Collins, um, George Wuweru, Shiko Edaka, Doug Mutai, Mayel Kisangani, very many other funny comics. I'm on an episode that I'm headlining, um, and my episode is Mayel Kisangani is hosting. This young comic named Oyizi is featuring, and I have like a short, like mini special, like 15 minutes of just like material that you could watch on Showmax. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. That's so exciting. I do love that uh, it's more accessible as well because like, everybody pretty much has Showmax. So show yeah. That's great. That, and um, I do want to think about I think about context as well. And another reason why I was worried about going for comedy shows is because of the Swahili aspect. We start off in English. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm getting it. I'm, you know, I'm giggling. I'm waiting for the big laugh. Yeah. And then it switches to a whole other language. It might not be uh, Swahili. It could be Kikuyu, Luya. <laughs> you know? Like, it yeah. really it's like It just goes left. Uh, for up-and-coming comedians, what, would you say they stick to that format of doing things because I'm just one person maybe in the audience and the rest of them get it or should they have just a fully Swahili show and then maybe a fully English show what would be the right format for an up and coming comedian it's interesting because like you know in Kenya there's a lot of different cultures that you know if if we are doing Kenyan stand up it wouldn't like the most Kenyan thing to do would be to include all the cultures and all the languages and stuff but I do get what you're saying like it, it might be alienating to some people so there is like a you know a way to do that and have everybody feel included, and like yeah, like you're saying, there's you know I've seen comics who every all their setups, all their premises is are in English, and then they get to the punchline, it switches up. So some people in the crowd don't know what they're talking about. I wouldn't say that's the worst thing if if you're doing if you're doing like a thirty minute set and one joke, the punchline is in Swahili. Like someone doesn't speak Swahili, they live. You know? Yeah, they're not gonna feel like oh man like uh, i wasted money because like one joke i didn't understand so like you know knowing where to place those jokes in a set is also important um because like yeah also like yeah you don't want to say like oh we won't say any single thing in swahili but it's like we're in kenya like Mm -hmm. if we're really going to be commenting on kenyan culture and like making kenyan content you kind of have to just be as kenyan as possible um but you know in a skillful way so like so like uh all the foreigners or all the people who don't speak Swahili like are aren't left being like, Oh, I didn't get that at all. It has to be like a balance. Right. Yeah. All right, maybe I'll say like print out your cue cards as well. Maybe give me, you know, like subtitles. subtitles. <laughs> Live subtitles will be nice. Yeah. I want to know more about your music in just a bit, so stick here, stick around. Cool. I'm running way over. So Uni is going to give you the news. We're going to get back into the fuse. Keep sending in your questions. I'm going to keep him just a little bit longer.